Welcome, Hervé. Thank you very much for joining us this Thursday on the podcast. We, we're going to start with an obvious question. We'll get on to that first. First one, how are you? It's very hot this weekend. Paddock's back in Europe. Some good results last time out. Some points for both riders. Augusto in the top 10. How is it going as we arrive into Jerez for you and Gas Gas Tectoire? First, I'd like to say, Fran, that you, you put a lot of pressure to me comparing to the I knew two, as soon as two, I saw your face, then you were going to say two, something. <laughs> incredible big names uh, <laughs> you told me, and I'm nothing compared to them. But, uh, you know, I like to be compared to these guys because they are legends and they are the ones who have been inspiring Bringing the me. rock and roll back to they me, are completely think? rock and roll and i just uh, saw a movie about david bowie a few days ago that touched me very deeply for everyone that's how this came up before we anyway, went live <laughs> anyway um i am good honestly uh, a world championship has got to have races outside of europe and i enjoyed argentina i enjoyed texas usa but to be in europe is different you know this is our paddock we got our vehicles we got our way of life and um, one of the reasons I love MotoGP is also because the MotoGP paddock is an incredible, incredible place sorry, to live, to share you know, things with uh, a lot of incredible people. And from early morning to late in the evening, you can do so many things, meet so many people that uh, this is something that you will never have at an outside Europe event. So I'm very happy to be back in Europe and Jerez is a very special place to, to start the European season. It's a true classic. Obviously, we have another true classic next time out. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But this is a really special place, and it's always a thrill to come here. And it's even cooler this year when we've had Portimao, obviously, incredible season opener, then two really different races. And then now we're back in Europe and in Jerez. But so second question, other than how are you then, how is Paul? We must ask about him, obviously, after no, that crash. This, How's he doing? This is a good moment to ask me that question because uh, since we're back from uh, Cota, Texas, we have had uh, a lot of news from Paul. Uh, you know, he broke his jaw and he had the mouth blocked. Um, last week, they deblock it. I don't know if you said that in English, but anyway, he can open his mouth now. He can eat uh, OK, because it was, yeah, I can't remember the word either. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. The, the, the mouth was blocked and he could only eat with a straw or liquid food. So you can imagine that has been like that for a month. And now this is uh, off. He can open his mouth, he can talk, he can eat all what he wants. And, uh, a difficult challenge for a vegan as well, only yes. by straw. Yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and he told me that was the most difficult thing I had to cope with, uh, for sure. You know, he has been through some tough times, but he told me that this is by far the toughest thing that he has to go through since he's born. But he's an, in you know, we all love Paul. And we love Paul because he's full of life. He's always positive. And he's somebody you always want to cuddle, you know, because he's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's never negative. Yeah, or he's, a few yeah. seconds. And uh, every time he's calling me, sending me videos, sending me pictures, it's to show me the progress he's made. You know, he, it's like your kid who wants to impress his parents. <laughs> and uh, all he wants to do is come back as soon as he can. For sure, his plans are too early. But the good news is uh, he's fully motivated, fully concentrated on his return. It won't be Le Mans, this is for sure. Now the next target, of course, after Le Mans is Mugello. There are a few weeks in between Le Mans and Mugello. So we don't know yet. We have to wait for the doctor's you know, position. 
But the next target is Mugello, but you can believe me that he's happy, incredibly willing to come back and pushing like uh, not a lot of riders would push. So I think you, you said what I was going to say. We all love Paul. We genuinely do. Like even just, I feel like the moment that encapsulates all of Paul was when he was in the test in Valencia and just celebrating on the bike, almost just having a you little know, ten second I, party. I, I am like you, you know, I have, a, I have a heart beating fast, even though it's getting old, but it's still beating fast. <laughs> and uh, when I saw him dancing on the bike, you know, the body language was talking and uh, you never know because he was coming from uh, a super top team and uh, when he's coming back to our project we didn't know how we like it and i thought to myself we've won he's going to be he's going to be there and this is why it's so frustrating because all through the winter you know he came to visit us at our headquarters in france we had some great times we share so much values and he was so much involved in the gas gas project he was always telling me I'm going to be the captain and, uh, you know, I would say S-H-I-T happened <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the incredible disaster happened in, uh, in Portimao, but uh, we hope it's going to be soon forgotten and he's going to be back uh, as the Gas Gas captain. Well, we're very, very happy to hear then that there's some good progress and also then targeting Magello maybe. Hopefully, we'll keep our fingers crossed and send him lots of love. If by any chance he is watching or listening to this, lots of love sending to you, Paul. I'm and sure he's watching us. I'm sure he's watching our front. Well, of course, he'll watch you, won't he? You know. And you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. So, well, that's great news then. Thank you for sharing that. So, talking about then, obviously, Paul coming back to this project. And this project is a new one for you and the team, certainly with the Gas Gas brand debuting this year in MotoGP. It's pretty exciting. Obviously, you're still with the RC16. Leave out the KTM or Gas Gas denomination so everyone can be happy. Um, but it's, it's an exciting time because there's a real new identity to the team. It's its own project with its own kind of goals, brand, purpose, and everything else. Is it kind of a good atmosphere within the team at the moment and a new chapter? Oh, yes, for sure. You know, last year when we spoke with uh, the two top bosses of the Pira Mobility Group, Stefan Pira and Hubert Trugenpolz, together with Pete Bayer, who is motorsport director. They first gave me that idea to be branded Gas Gas. That was in Mugello last year. And in the beginning, I thought, hmm, what does it mean? And then the more I thought, and that was quite quickly, uh, I thought that's going to be great. Because at the end of the day, uh, if you wear the same colors and the same brand and the factory team, you will always be the B team, the satellite operation. And, uh, and there is always a gap. Even though technically we are absolutely identical to the orange team, let's call it like that. We <laughs> to Red Bull KTM factory Absolutely. Racing. <laughs> uh, which is one of the brands of the Pyramobility Group. The three main brands, as you know, is KTM, Husqvarna, and Gas Gas. But we're very excited to be Gas Gas because first, you know, Paul is a, a, a real Gas Gas guy, uh, as well as Augusto. Uh, we are from the south of Europe, we feel Latin, and this brand is all about, uh, you know, passion, Latin, hot, just the name, gas, gas, get on the gas, you know. So for us, we have a, a factory KTM team and we have a factory gas, gas team. Same equipment, same level, same development, and for sure we have our own communication, we have our own way to communicate. Uh, and this is very exciting. We have our brand new hospitalities. I was going to ask about that as well. Red, it's making red, its debut. Red and 
white. And uh, this is good to have our own identity, uh, but still to be part of that incredible group, which is the Pirate Mobility MotoGP group, is something su super exciting. And I have to say now that with Jack and Brad and Paul, that will come back soon, and Augusto, the atmosphere is unbelievable, you know. And uh, I've been here for quite a while, as you mentioned before. And uh, I'm still loving. I don't think I said it quite like I'm that. I'm still <laughs> loving heat, obviously. But what I love also is, of course, the sport, the battle, the show, on track. But also is what you're sharing with the people. They are all much younger than me. But I like to see that I would call it my family more than my team is happy, is working well together. And it's also your responsibility to pick up the right persons for each of the job you have to, to, to do. And uh, when you feel that you have managed to hire the right people and the group is working as one, doesn't matter if they're from France, from Italy, from England, from Germany, Japan even we have, when you have that group working well together, laughing in the evening, uh, you know, when we have uh, our team dinner, uh, this is a fantastic feeling. And this is what I still love. I was going to say, this is one of the things about MotoGP, right? It's genuinely still got that. Well, we always talk about bringing that little rock and roll back, which is something you definitely want to do. I think you manage that with how you are most of the time. But the sport in general then, we'll come back to Augusto, but following that, the sport in general then, how does it feel now? It's an exciting era for the sport. We should say that you're obviously Tectoire, team owner, founder, heartbeat, but also the president of ERTA, so you're also involved with like, kind of that side of the paddock. How is it from your position seeing the new TISA Sprint introduced and with the calendar as it is, what are your kind of feelings and views on that? You know, I've been here for almost 40 years and I've seen the paddock evaluating, but the paddock is following the real life. You know, in late 70s, 80s, the world was not living like it is living now. And of course, MotoGP is following the trends. Uh, but I would say that, to use the rock and roll uh, expression that I love, um, MotoGP is still really rock and roll. And the new edition, uh, I mean the, the new format, with the inclusion of the sprint, the sprint is full rock and roll. <laughs> and so far in 2023, the rock and roll master is Brad Binder. <laughs> because you start the sprint P15 and you win the sprint after an incredible battle this is rock and roll and this is beautiful and this is making your hair you know uh, yeah it did me it's one of those that gets you like what am i watching so this is okay i am not uh, objective because i'm i'm a moto gp player but this is why moto gp is the best show on earth well there you go you've got so many sound bites in that we could do like seven days worth of articles <laughs> and, and also, also I, I would like to say you know Everybody is talking about, okay, one manufacturer, one brand is dominating and is impossible to win. And another brand who was supposed to be the dominant brand in the past and is, is now the last, won the last race. So this is also rock and roll because you never can predict. You never know who is going to be winning that race. It's true and, so uh, far. You know, sure. when we left Argentina, if somebody would have told you Alex Rin on a satellite honda is going to do p2 in the sprint and p1 in the main race not a lot of people would have bet on that and this is again bet on it is a different one i was going to say i could have believed it betting on it is a different no this is what we like <laughs> you know we don't know yeah, we don't incredible. like when it's already planned already you know 
the result is done before the, the race is happening. This is not happening here. It's not, for sure. So, okay, let's go back to Augusta then. We talked about Paul. Obviously, ev everyone knows and loves Paul already. He's a fan of the sport. Augusto, our sole rookie this year. He's got the great hair, great <laughs> look. He's get on the gas, ready to rock and roll himself. But he's doing pretty well so far, isn't he? He seems to have adapted. He has a bigger challenge because he's the only rookie. So I think it, personally anyway, I think I would find that more difficult to know kind of where I was. Um, but he seems to be going pretty well so far. He's had that top 10, not crashing, making progress. Yes, you know, this is what I told him in, uh, in Argentina. I said, uh, you know, during the winter, Paul was our captain and you were our rookie following Paul, learning from Paul, but life has made it and you are now our captain and you are not prepared. I'm sorry for that. And he said, Hervé, I love to be the captain. I am here not to be only the rookie. I'm here to be a rider who is going to push and to get results. And what I like, you know, I like, you need to have ambition. You need to set high level target, but you can do it still being humble. Even though deep inside yourself, you believe in yourself and you believe you can do it. Otherwise, you're not a sport, top sportman. And Augusto's got that desire and that belief in himself that could take him very high, but also he's doing it in a humble way, in a very polite way. He respects everyone. And this is no secret that the past two years hasn't been easy for us. You know, in 2020, we won the last race in a dominant fashion and everybody thought, wow, 2021, you're going to be winning the championship or at least fighting. And it was difficult and 22 even more. And uh, to have that kind of atmosphere with people being happy all together, with Augusto facing the responsibility of being the captain because the captain is uh, on holiday for a while, <laughs> I would say. Um, and that happening in such a good atmosphere makes me very happy, makes me very proud. And uh, I'd like to thank Augusto, honestly, because also, you know, sometimes if you don't create too many polemics, uh, sometimes you are not so highly rated, if you see what I mean. And I am now not laughing but smiling because I've heard a lot of people who know a lot, sometimes everything, who told me there was no way. And uh, we are doing our small uh, mission step by step with concentra concentrating on ourselves. And, this, and, and we don't do unbelievable, but we do quite well. And what I always tell my riders, Daniel Gado, Filippo Farioli, Paul doesn't need because he knows, uh, but also Jonas who is replacing Paul and Augusto is concentrate on yourself, work with your team, work with your group. Don't listen to what the people are talking. Don't read too much except what Fran is saying. <laughs> Thank you, I'm honored. <laughs> well, yeah, I can see how, I mean, generally in this paddock, in this sport, in any sport where you're quite high profile, I think I would find that really difficult to kind of filter out the noise and focus on what you're doing. But Jonas then, you've brought him up. That's kind of a surprise addition to the team. Got some points in the end last time out. Obviously quite a long time since he's been certainly in competition in MotoGP. But I think it seemed like it was a good result to get a finish. He got a couple of points for it. And yeah, how is it having him back in the team? Obviously his moment of glory where he almost defeated Mark. That was with you guys as well, with a different machine a few years ago. How is it having him back? Is it good? 
Yeah, we always remember that incredible race in Saxony in I 2017. I think everyone will remember that. And uh, <laughs> I can tell you that uh, Johan Zarco this year did incredibly well, but so was Jonas Folger also. And it was a big shock that he couldn't finish the season because from Japan he, he couldn't come racing anymore because he had some issue with uh, coping with the pressure and things like that, which I completely understood. But I always said to myself, w what a waste, because such a talent, and I know he's got that talent. And finally, you know, you have to listen to the people and you have to want for the people you like them to be happy. And so far he was happy. He's been really happy to sign for Pira Mobility as a test rider. And, uh, and he was happy with that. And it was, I can tell you, quite difficult to convince him to go back racing because he didn't want to have that pressure anymore. He said, I'm not a racer anymore. I'm a test rider and I really like it. Then I had to convince him together with Pete and some other guys, you know, that we will not put any pressure on him, that he is, he's just going to come with us to uh, understand the bike better and in fact become a better test rider. That's the way you're one, selling it. Exactly. <laughs> but once you put the finger in it, you know, at the end of FP1, he was cross with himself because he was too far and he was upset. So then you could see that he was already not Actually a test rider anymore. Actually still got a bit of competition, and, yeah. And then he, he progressed every session, but we told him, Jonas, step by step. Nobody's expecting anything. And I think this was the right move not to have him, you know, too much under pressure, which he doesn't like. And then when we told him, are you ready to do the next one, which is Jerez? He said, yeah, I had so much fun. We got a couple of points. That was also very lucky, let's say. But that was very important for him to finish the race, to be lucky, to do your fastest lap at the very last lap of his race. This is showing that he has some, something in reserve inside himself, physically and as riding. And we will see. Nobody is going to expect him to be fighting for top position. But this is a good adventure. And, you know, and as I said before, in life, you need to be happy and you need to have the people around you enjoying themselves. So our mission is to have Jonas with us, give him the possibility to have fun and become a better test rider in order to develop the bike for us and give us a better bike. So it's a win-win situation, all of us. And, uh, and I can see him full of smile, you know, and uh, we thought he was going to be scared to talk to the media, but now he's almost asking the media to come to see him. So. <laughs> No, so all good, all good, all good. Let him come back in slowly and then actually it's like, oh, actually, this is quite good. <laughs> this is what he's feeling yeah. at the moment. It's, it's good to see then, definitely, because yeah, I yeah. think not everyone was surprised in a negative way, but it was a bit of a, oh, OK, kind of when he was uh, signed as a test rider. Obviously, I think everyone shared that thinking it was a bit of a shame that we didn't see more of him a few years ago. So it was a great opportunity. It must be really useful as well for bike development yes. with at least someone is on that bike getting data and has data to compare it to as well. And then obviously you've got Danny Pedrosa, MotoGP legend, out wildcarding for Red Bull KTM this weekend. Jack with his input coming from Ducati. Brad now with his experience. It's quite an arsenal of, of people and, and riders who are involved now in the project. It must fill you with a lot of hope for what's coming in the next few months and years. Oh, yes. But I mean, that, that weekend for the Pira Mobility Group is going to be very exciting because we know Danny is very fast. Still. He was fast here in the test. And eh? he's going to be fast here in Jerez. Um, we've seen Brad and Jack very fast in Austin, but unlucky. But they're definitely going to be fighting in front. Augusto is making progress. Um, Jonas is 
as I said before, you know, improving. So it's going to be an interesting weekend for us. Nobody knows where we are going to, to be. The, the heat is going to play a big factor. Um, but we'll see. But we are, yeah, we, we are happy, we're excited. Uh, orange and red. Uh. <laughs> orange and red, exactly. So then, like I said before, we have to talk about it. Next Grand Prix, Le Mans. <laughs> Home race, obviously, for Tectoire, not quite for Gas Gas. Home race for you. And it will be the thousandth Grand Prix. Quite a big race. It'd be a real kind of honor for Le Mans to host that as well. How do you feel about that? And how does it feel, not just being French, but also Erta president, like we said, France was voted best Grand Prix last year. We had more than 100,000 people on race day. It's going to be quite a party, I would imagine. <laughs> I think the French Grand Prix is always quite a party. It is. Uh, Sometimes past, uh, a scary party. Yes. There's so many people. I agree like, oh. with you. I agree with you. But you know, we're talking about rock and roll. This can happen exactly. in the rock and roll concert True also. rock and roll. <laughs> but no, no. I think the past five, six years, uh, the French Grand Prix has been unbelievable. And uh, uh, for us as Tech 3, it is not as emotional as it used to be when we had Johan Zarco on pole position or Olivier Jacques fighting for the world title. But still, it is something special. When you go to your home country, your home Grand Prix, you see so many faces that you see only once a year. You see friends that you haven't seen for many, many years. And, uh, and also, although I want to keep my humble attitude and I'm, I'm nobody special, but when you go there and you see all the French MotoGP fans calling you, asking you things, you feel privileged and you feel uh, like a bit the messenger, you know, because uh, some of them don't speak any other thing than French. And, uh, and I always like to, to stop in the crowd and talk to them, share with them. And uh, no, this is, and, and I think Claude Michy, which is the organizer and his team, they're doing a great job. Uh, you know, the fan zone, when you go on stage uh, in front of all these people, you also feel like a rock star. It's genuinely sometimes. incredible, isn't and, it? And <laughs> uh, now this is a super good feeling. Uh, last year, I think the crowd was mad, mad, mad. Was a bit disappointed because both Fabio and Joan didn't shine as they could have done. So now, same player could shoot again and let's hope the result no will be pressure. a bit different. <laughs> they will have pressure, race. but I think Johan and Fabio now, they can't cope with the pressure and the pressure is more a friend than an enemy at the moment for them. Yeah, that, that seems like it makes sense. I think as well because so far it's been a little bit of an up and down season for both. I guess it's not like they've won every race or sprint so far. But it's been an up and down season for almost for everybody, everyone. Because like we said. thought yep. Peko was going to be you know, dominating with a few riders out, his main rival. And in fact, uh, when you see the, 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 the point table, Everything is still wide open. It is wide open. And yeah, even somewhere maybe you're expecting a little bit more from them so far, still right there in the championship fight. What have we learned from the first few races then, really, this year? That, that, MotoGP, that, that is... MotoGP regulation is working really well because we saw KTM winning a race. We saw Ducati, of course, winning races. We saw Honda winning races. We saw Yamaha on the podium. So I, I mean, the manufacturers involved, and we saw Aprilia very fast. Sorry, I was about to forget uh, our friends from Aprilia. So the five manufacturers are really close to each other. Um, an independent team rider can win races, yeah. Alex. An independent team rider can lead the championship, Marco. And this is something yeah, course, that is yeah. showing the level of support the factories are giving 
to their satellite operation, which is not really satellite operation anymore, even though this is handled by a private company, but technically everybody is full factory. And uh, uh, there is no hot favorite at the moment. Uh, it's just a pity that Mark is not here because it would have been uh, maybe, uh, you know, but um, I think this is what we learn, you know, with, uh, with the one-tire Michelin, with uh, the regulation we have, uh, with the manufacturer involved for now quite a while and uh, having frozen most of the, the technical regulation with not so much possibility to, to improve until the end of uh, 26. I think we have now a great show, which is showing, uh, you know, incredible battle and uncertainty, absolutely uncertainty which is all what we want you know who's going to be winning on sunday i don't know would you like to predict i'm asking you <laughs> i'm not going to predict i can't you see so it's difficult to predict which is <laughs> which is, is no, making the sure. show exciting uh, i yeah, hope it's it really going to be a, a v4 on a tubular steel chassis made in austria but i don't know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> but this is what i would like that? to see on the top we'll step see. certainly want a little bit more better look again for certainly brad and jack after that kota had some speed these, these two these two riders these two guys, guys are unbelievable they are super personality they are incredible fighter jack now joining the team has brought some some sparkles some laugh and also a lot of very valuable technical input and I think the, 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 the duo uh, with Brad is working incredibly well. Uh, they are so kind also to us and to Augusto every time they can, they help. So we have three incredible top riders, but also top gentlemen. Well, that's quite a good review then. Yes. So the only other thing then there is, next year it's been revealed, we'll be returning to Qatar for the first round, starting a little bit earlier as well. Have you got any thoughts on that whatsoever? What are you expecting from next season? Pre-season tests, we've got a two more again, Sepang and Qatar. It's not that okay, big a headline maybe We've done you, only three races and you're, I know. you're a typical girl, uh, Fran. <laughs> you always want to know Can't what's blame next. me. I've, I've pressed go at the pre-arranged no, times. No, I'm not blaming you. But, you know, no. I think we're all happy to start by Qatar. This is a good place to restart. I think next year, for what I have heard and what I have seen, we will be on an incredible circuit. It's going to be... Are you, the facilities and all the yes. work that they've done. It's, it's going to be... The paddock right? is going to be... The paddock right. is going to be crazy. Um, the thing is, this year, 2022, we have to admit that the calendar is not easy. 2023. 23, sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry, 23, the calendar is not easy, you know. And uh, all that was partly due to the fact that we couldn't start by Qatar, then we had to start later, and then it didn't help everything to come together in, in a more, uh, in an easier way. So next year we'll start a lot earlier uh, in Qatar, and we will be able to, to have um, a better balanced calendar, if I can say so, because for sure, the last two months of the championship are gonna be crazy, let's, let's face the reality. So we should have uh, an easier calendar next year, Hopefully, uh, we, will, um, we will go to India in 23, which is going to be the new thing, which is something that everybody is uh, exciting about because uh, this is the biggest uh, motorcycle uh, market in the world. But uh, apparently, there are also a lot... You're stealing all my sound bites. Sorry? You're stealing all my sound bites. When yes. you're saying it's the biggest motorcycle market in the world, what can I add? It's like, yes, go ahead. 
<laughs> all of the facts and stats. <laughs> but no, no, I don't have any special facts and stats. Uh, this is a bit boring. But, uh, you know, India, since a few weeks, is now the number one populated uh, country in the world. They passed China. And of course, the population is very young. And they, a lot of them ride two wheels, some to commute, some for their passion. And I think there is an incredible uh, uh, um, interest from the people from India sure. to have a MotoGP Sorry. race. So I think if, if we finally go there, which I think is quite safe now, uh, it's going to be something big. Well, I'm certainly excited. And I, well, I mean, I think it's I'm. It's very really spicy there. Huh? Be careful. Oh, there you go. Be careful. There you go. That's we always use the chili emoji for like <laughs> add a little bit more spice to that title. So with India for sure, the <laughs> challenge is really cut out for us. Well, I think we will let you go now. Thank you very much for joining us. Unless you, there's Fran. anything else that you want to talk about. No, I would like to say free you know, forum. <laughs> I would like to say it was a pleasure to to chat with you. You somebody I have a lot of respect for, and um, you okay. know. Let's now I'm going to blush. Yeah, flush. Uh, but what, <laughs> I would the, what I would like to say to finish is, you know, the world is not an easy place at the moment. We are gifted, us, the MotoGP community. We have an incredible life. And sometimes we should open the doors, open the windows to look at the real world, to understand how lucky we are to be here. And we should try to enjoy every single second of this life which is an incredible, beautiful life. So let's enjoy, let's have fun and let's uh, manger la pomme. Manger la pomme. I was hoping it was going to end on get on the gas, but <laughs> manger la pomme will, yeah, will work for fine. Sure. We're ready to race. Now get on the gas. Exactly. Perfect. Thank you so thank much, you. Hervé. Uh, and yeah, thank you to everyone for joining us, whether it's live today on Thursday at Haref or in audio format just after. And uh, yeah, let us know what you thought. And thank you very much, Hervé. Have a good weekend and best of luck. We'll pass back to Jack and Simon.